At least this burning ocean means I'm not drowning in the dark. I'm Joe Fulgham. When the cruise ferry granted wishes, who the hell asked for eaten by sharks? I'm Kevin Leeson. Check it before you shipwreck it. I'm Torin Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. Shipwrecks. Smash. Sploosh. That's, that's pretty much what we're talking about. Glub, right? glub, glub. <laughs> Ship comes from Proto-Germanic skipham, mm-hmm. which is a Germanic noun of obscure origin. Uh-huh. Wreck comes from Old Norse wreck to drive or push. Okay. Yeah, this is the same origin as reek. Oh. Reek so havoc? Wrecks and reeks? Wreck, wrecking and reeking. Oh, that would be a, a reek at Ralph would be a completely different reek movie. Reek at Ralph. Mm-hmm. Boat, possibly from pre-Indo-European root bahide, bahide, meaning to split, in the sense of making a boat by hollowing out a tree trunk, probably. Ah, oh. not splitting the sea with your, you know, shell of a that thing. That also happens, too. Of course, everyone knows what fear of the sea is. Hydrophobia. Nope. That's water. What? We talked about it on thalassophobia. On the probably the last two episodes, thalassophobia is correct. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now we've already had a because you can kiss your thalasso goodbye. Yeah, your thalas. <laughs> we already had a cruise ships episode. Yep. So yeah. We won't be talking about cruise ships. No. Uh, I also have not included battleships because I imagine a naval disasters uh, episode in our future. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So for this reason, I didn't include the Lusitania because okay. it was torpedoed by a U-boat. Ah, got okay. it. So no no need for anybody to say, I can't believe you didn't talk about the Lusitania. And I'm not including the Essex because I'm saving it for the whales episode. Whales. Uh-huh. Sorry, Jess. And we already talked about the 1917 Halifax Harbor disaster in the explosions episode. Correct. Right. So if you're yearning to hear about that. Well, that was less of a shipwreck anyway. I know, but it comes up. Oh, yeah. It was wrecked, yeah. and it was a ship. Okay. Now, we talked about this, I believe, briefly in the cruise ship episode, but what is the difference between a cruise ship and an ocean liner? An ocean liner brings you to a place, like you're actually trying to get from England to America, right, right. and a cruise exactly. ship is for fun. Yeah, an ocean liner is a transportation mode, and right. a cruise ship is just going from port to port. Yes. And it comes back around to there, where you started. There right. and back again. Yeah. Yeah, Aha. it's the Hobbit boat. <laughs> because a ship could encounter any type of weather on such a voyage, say from Europe to America, uh-huh. transatlantic crossing, mm-hmm. an ocean liner must be built strongly using a great deal of steel in the hull. Their bows are long and tapered to allow them to cut through the waves. They are built so as to be able to go fast. Right, as because you want to make the, ship. make the trip as speedily right. as possible. Cruise ships are built for the purpose of taking passengers on a journey that begins and ends in the same port. Mm-hmm. Oh, so maybe that's why it was called the Fast in Lusitania. <laughs> Yo's why? why? <laughs> Lots of uh, ladies <laughs> of ill repute on that one. <laughs> yeah. Pop quiz. Okay. Okay. What does founder mean? To founder. Oh, uh, that's uh, when you when you spot one of those ladies of ill repute. A founder. Founder. Because uh, those ocean liners are big, right? They're hard to find ladies. Yeah. On. Oh, yeah. Isn't that when it has problems in the water, like it's starting to sink or, or get filled up full of water? When Hung it takes on, a- on water and sinks. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, uh, why, why not just say sink? We're sinking. Sinking it's, sounds it's, like- I think it's the mean. beginning of the sinking, isn't it? Like there's water it's in foundering. it. It's going to go down. Ah, it's okay. foundering. All right. All right. This concludes our pop quiz. Joe wins. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs>
Does, don't you need more than one question to be a quiz? I guess not. No. Right. No. Oh, okay. you're wrong twice today. Okay. <laughs> Public service announcement. Public service announcement. How to survive a sinking ship. Okay. Swim. Float. <laughs> Those are all good suggestions, <laughs> all right. I think. Get in a life raft. <laughs> Stay calm and listen to the captain's directions. Okay. What well, if your captain the- is an idiot? Yeah, the, there is that. And there are many instances that we'll talk about where the <laughs> captain is nowhere to be seen. Because, you know, whenever you have a, like, obviously all captains have to go to a class of some kind or the another. The captain school, yeah. Captain school. The school of Captain Marie. Right. Uh, captain C, right. Captain C of the C. But every class has to have somebody finish last. That's right? true. There's always somebody at the bottom of the class. Those <laughs> guys have to end up captaining the somewhere. Guy, the guy squeaked by. Yeah. Unless it's like a 20-way tie. But, oh, well. Yeah, everybody just gets peas. That's right. If that's the way it works. We don't we don't give grades in this captain's school. <laughs> we're, very, we're very we're progressive. Someone should immediately gather all flotation devices and get the life raft ready. Okay, and somebody. Now, if you're on now a big the ship, is when you say somebody, yeah. usually that means nobody actually <laughs> does it, right? When if somebody yells out, somebody should do that. Well, thing. if you're on a big ship, then okay. presumably there would be staff to do this, right? right? But Got if you're it. on a smaller boat, mm-hmm. like you're. You had a boat party recently. I did. Uh, let's say it started the founder. Who would be in charge of gathering all the flotation devices and getting the life raft ready? Well, I would take them all and put them all on myself. Right. And then I would jump into the sea and say, see you later, suckers. Okay, good. Got Ladies, that. cling to me for safety. <laughs> we got that sorted out. <laughs> Men, fuck off. <laughs> uh, while others block any holes. Okay. All right. <laughs> try and, holes. Try and stick things in ship holes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And Joe's trying to stick things in holes all the time. Oh, my God. Kevin, stay away from me. (laughs) And someone should radio for help and give your exact location coordinates if you're qualified to do so. Okay. All right. Gather up emergency items for the raft, including. Hey, I've seen uh, that Titanic movie more than a couple of times. So when you radio for help, you just like tap on it. Like tap, 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 right? That's how Everyone knows what SOS is? Yeah, it's long, 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 short, short, long, long, long. Opposite. Ah, damn it. So, you just uh, said OSO. Well, that would probably Although, work. I'm sure it would work. People would be <laughs> like, OSO? No, no, no. This <laughs> guy's this. just having us on. Yeah. <laughs> so gather flashlights. Okay. Yep. Flares. Mm-hmm. Fresh water. Mm-hmm. Food rations. Now, is a flashlight so that when you turn it on and you're submerged, you can like put everybody out of their misery by electrocuting them? Is that the idea? It's I don't think gotta you have a very a much smaller amount of water than, than the ocean. I think <laughs> in, this, in such a case. Also, I don't think two D cells are going to do much damage. Okay. A mirror for signaling. All right. Okay. okay. Sunscreen is important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Don't forget I, about that. Even when not shipwrecked, mm-hmm. like yeah, wear sunscreen. Batteries. Uh huh. Radio. Got it. matches and first aid kit. Yep. Okay. All right. That's the list. Now panic. Leads to pushing, shoving, and trampling. I, with the pause you put, I thought you were going to tell us that we should panic. Now, <laughs> yeah, now, panic. now is the time now, to panic. Panic yeah. gets your adrenaline going so you can lift lifeboats that's you right. know, and exactly. throw them in the water with your bare hands. And, and so whatnot. you can crawl over people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So survival of the fittest. This is a pure Darwinian experiment. Right. right? Panic leads to pushing, shoving, and trampling, which can lead to other injuries like broken bones or a concussion. Studies have shown that 70% of victims of a maritime accident are bewildered and have impaired reasoning. Okay, 70%. 
Maybe this is just saying that 70% of the people in the world are bewildered and have flawed reasoning at all times. That could and be. And it simply just comes, it just shows its true stripes in a, an emergency setting, like uh, a foundering of a ship. 17% exhibit irrational behaviors. Oh, okay. And only 15% stay calm and alert. Okay. This comes from mcga.gov. Larger boats take longer to sink, so there should be plenty of time to get everyone into the lifeboats. Mm -hmm. Modern lifeboats are large, often fully covered, and sometimes come equipped with motors. Yeah, I saw Captain Phillips. Oh, Mm -hmm. all right. Once full, they're lowered into the water mechanically by by large Davits, or possibly Davits. How's it spelled? Mm D-A-V-I-T-S. Okay. Possibly Davits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that guy's David. That hang over the edge of the ship. The International Maritime Organization's guidelines require that all cruise ships should uh, be able to get passengers lowered into the ocean in lifeboats within 30 minutes of passengers being gathered on deck. Okay. All right. So let's hope you've got 30 minutes bet- between the time you're on deck and the ship sinks. Well, as long as the guy whose job it is to stuff things in the ship holes, holes yeah. uh, is doing his job, yeah. then hopefully that'll like you know keep you going for 30 minutes. The problem when I do it is I keep putting things in the hole and then taking it out and putting it back <laughs> in again. Right. It's just habit. <laughs> when a large ship sinks, it will probably tilt, uh-huh. making it difficult to make your way to the deck. What's the difference between tilting and lilting? Lilting is when you go, oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Lilt is something you have in your voice. To sing cheerfully. All right. There you go. (laughs) But it's also an animated brisk motion, a spirited rhythm, sprightliness. You've got a nice lilt. It's got a little bit of step. All right. Hold handrails and go slowly to avoid slipping, but not too slowly because the water's coming (laughs) up behind you. Make sure you get on the deck in less than 30 minutes. Keep an eye out for objects that could be sliding around. Okay. I don't know if anybody watched that video of the interior security cam of a cruise ship that was yes. going through a storm. Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> and pianos were just like sliding across the room. And, and lots of chairs. And, and other people. Yeah. And other yeah. people. Yeah. And if you, uh, you know, watch that Life of Pi, zebras and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Try to stay behind large fixed objects for protection. Yeah. You'll know it's time to evacuate when you hear the signal from the captain. Captain, seven short horn blasts followed by a long one. Seven short horn blasts. I was that seven? <laughs> that's that's too many. Yeah. Well, but I guess one through six probably have other less <laughs> emergency things going on. Maybe. So you don't want abandoned ship to be one because then you you need to get to like say the 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 one that's three. If you swip it, yeah. If you swap it, and you make seven. Like you know, oh hey, there's shuffleboard on the poop deck, right? <laughs> right? They were originally going to do a twenty six, but that by that time the ship is already sand. Yeah, exactly. So if you swapped it, and then you know people would hear the first one, and they'd be like, "That's a abandoned ship," and people be jumping overboard and whatnot. Right. You could have like false emergencies. That's a good. Point. And of course, two is like just mom, mom, hi. <laughs> oh, really? It's uh, the greeting for the ship. doing? Right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. I guess if you had two short ones was something really innocuous, and one was abandoned ship. Yeah. All you need is some person to be not paying attention for the first horn and just go. That was a single horn. I'm I'm, I'm hit the, the <laughs> just, just runs and jumps over yeah. the edge. Yeah, David's time to abandon ship. <laughs> the crew of the ship should be the last ones off the boat and assist each passenger in getting to their pre-assigned lifeboat. That's right. Captain goes down with his ship. Always. Yeah. Except for most of the time. Yeah. 
in the history. Sixteen twenty-eight Stockholm Harbor, mm. the Vasa, or possibly Wasa. Oh, is that is that, is that like just water for water? Maybe. <laughs> you know, you probably that's not a good harbinger if you name your boat water, as in it's going to take on some. Maybe you're thinking it can't possibly be hurt by what it's named after. Oh yeah, or <laughs> it's kind of like the intimation is it conquers water. Yeah, right. it floats on water. This was a Swedish warship. Okay. Yeah. It was built top heavy and had insufficient ballast. That's uh-huh. not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've heard of this sort of thing before in our cruise ships episode. Despite an obvious lack of stability in port, she was allowed to set sail. Well, yeah. you know, you got to sail where you got to make war. Yeah. The impulsive move to set sail was the result of a combination of factors. Okay. Swedish King Gustavus Adolphus, mm-hmm. who was leading the army on the continent of the, on the date of her maiden voyage. Right. Was impatient to see her join the Baltic fleet in the Thirty Years' War. Okay. At the same time, the king's subordinates lacked the political courage mm-hmm. to discuss the ship's structural problem problems, frankly. Okay, so they're all scared of the king. You tell or, them. I'm or, not going to tell them. Yeah, you tell exactly. <laughs> or to have the maiden voyage postponed. <laughs> Maybe they all had something to do with the construction of it, too. They're like, oh, kind of was sort of in charge yeah. of this, and I kind of dropped the ballast ball. Right. So, uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. On 10th of August, 1628, Captain Sir Hansen mm-hmm. ordered Vasa to set sail on her maiden voyage to the naval station of Alfsnaben, which I, I'm going to guess is uh, Swedish for... Elfstealer. Elfstealer, yes, exactly. All right, okay. The Elfstealer. The day was calm, and the only wind was a light breeze from the southwest. The ship was towed along the waterfront to the southern side of the harbor, where three sails were set, and the ship made way to the east. The gun ports were open, okay. and the guns were out to fire a salute as the ship left Stockholm. Oh, okay, so they were going to fire their own little 21-gun salute. Yep. Right? After Vasa emerged from the city, a gust of wind filled her sails, and the ship tips <laughs> suddenly to port. So, what do you have a sailboat? Right, that yeah. you need sails to be up as your mode of propulsion. Yeah, sixteen twenty-four. You're not going to have an outboard engine or anything, right? You're not going to have a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. vassals on the Vasa, like pedaling kind yeah. of madly to make a propeller go. Vassals on the vessel. Yeah. So, if when the wind fills your sails, your boat tips, that seems problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for uh, your edification, a tipping at sea is called healing. It heals. Okay. Oh, as opposed to a dog healing. Yeah. As opposed to Wolverine healing, which is something different entirely. Okay. <laughs> the ropes were cast off, and the ship slowly righted herself as the gust passed. Which is opposed to Darjeeling, which is a different place entirely. Huh? Soon another gust came, which again forced the ship onto its port side, this time pushing the open lower gun ports underwater. Oh, whoa. Causing water to rush in on the lower gun deck. That is a serious tip. Like, you're talking, you know, like practically horizontal. The inflow of water healed Vasa over further, and she quickly sank to a depth of 105 feet, less than 400 feet from shore. Well, there you go. So did not get very far. (laughs) 
Survivors clung to debris to save themselves, and many nearby boats rushed to their aid. But despite these efforts and the short distance to land, 30 to 50 people, 30 to 50 people perished with the ship. Wow. Okay. All yeah. right. Vasa sank in full view of a crowd of hundreds, if not thousands, <laughs> of mostly ordinary Stockholmers who had come to see the great ship set sail. An inquiry was organized to find the personal responsibility for the disaster, but in the end, no one was punished for the fiasco. I'm guessing that the original Stockholm Syndrome was a bunch of people in this era who didn't want to go on uh, warships. Right. Right. (laughs) It's like, those things sink. Hey, uh, how how do you sink a Swedish warship? Put it in water? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was a popular joke at Uh, the time. Yeah. (laughs) She was large. She was largely forgotten, but located again in the late 1950s in a busy shipping lane just outside of Stockholm Harbor. She was salvaged with a largely intact hull in 1961. Presently, you can view her at the Vasa Museum in Stockholm. Oh, that sounds pretty cool, yeah. actually. So she was underwater for like 325 years. Yeah, huh. a pretty decent restoration. There's some nice pictures up on Wikipedia, which well, I it, will it, I mean, it, it's not like it podcast. actually spent a whole heck of a lot of time out at sea. It was out at sea for a minute and a half, right? Yeah. So, you know, it was... It, it had gotten the, the full shellacking of stain and whatever for yeah. preservation purposes. Yeah. So it's not like it was hit with cannon fire or anything like that, you know? No. <laughs> like, didn't sustain any damage from war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, can we actually call it a warship? It, it was just like a sink ship, right? Like, its sole purpose was it's on, it it's like it on was the, to sink. It's on the document. Okay, all right. 1986, northern coast of the Black Sea, Russia. Okay. This is the Admiral Nakamov. <laughs> Not a person, but a ship. Oh, okay. But you th- it was probably named after a person. Possibly. And that wasn't his real name. It was nickname because he just liked to say, hey, you there, Nakamov. Nakamov. Whatever you're doing, Nakamov. This is a Soviet passenger ship. There were 888 passengers and 346 crew members aboard. That's a total of one, two, three, four. Oh, nice. Do you think they did that on purpose? Yes. <laughs> they had to like fire six people on the staff to get down to one, two, three, four, right? This is the and it's the reason why it sunk too. Yeah. If they had five extra people, yeah, yeah it would have been fine. They would have been able to save mm-hmm. the ship. Sailing from Novorossiysk en route to Sochi. Just minutes into the voyage, the ship's pilot noticed that the eighteen thousand ton freighter Pyotr Vasi, carrying a cargo of oats and barley from Canada, oh. was on a collision course. Oh, okay. The pilot radioed a warning to the Pyotr Vasov, and the freighter responded, Don't worry, we will pass clear of each other. We will take care of everything. So the ocean liner captain actually seems to be the good captain in this equation. Right. He's like, hey, freighter. Oh, the pilot, in fact. The pilot. Not right. the captain. Okay. He, he's like, uh, dude, these things take a while to slow down or steer or whatever. Yeah. I think we're, we're kind of A and B are going to intersect at C. And, uh, and the freighter's like, yeah, no, nah, we're fine. Despite the message, the Pyotr Vasov did nothing to slow his ship or change course. <laughs> so did he just like look at the exact same sort of thing and just go, I don't know, we're fine. Like he actually yeah. just thought the other guy didn't really have it right. Convinced that the freighter would pass without incident, Captain Markov of the Admiral Nakamov retired to his cabin, leaving the second mate Alexander Chudnovsky in charge. Oh, so the captain agreed with the freighter guy. It was only the pilot. Oh. Why yeah. would that you believe him? Seemed to think that he was a problem. Yeah. Why you, yeah. you did what you did? You're like, we hey, will take care of everything. Hey, he uh-huh. said, "Hey, we we might hit each other." And they go, "Yeah, cool, we got it." And you're like, "Okay, all right, I'm going okay. to sleep." Chudnovsky radioed Pyotr Vasov several times, asking her about uh, her course and further actions. Mm. Right. 
hey, you said you were going to like pass by, but yeah. you haven't actually done anything. You're coming what right up? for us. What up, guy? In about 12 minutes, the Admiral Nakamov was struck by the Pyotr Vasov two miles from shore. <laughs> Do you think there was any point in time where the guy, the pilot of the freighter, all of a sudden was like, oh, shit. Like, yes. yeah. Even, like yeah. there's like, you know, you get to a point where you're like, oh, damn. It's probably like, oh, shit. Oh no, we'll be fine. He probably oh, shit. No, here's the oh, thing. Shit. He probably saw oh, some shit. other ship. Like he was like, yeah, no, that ship, that's way over there. We're fine. Didn't know which one he was talking to. That was dead ahead. Oh, and was like, we're totally gonna miss that ship over there. What did? Why do they keep passing us? So like you oh. and me, when we're in a car, we have a blind spot slightly out of our yeah. range of vision behind our head, and this guy's blind spot was right dead in front ahead. Of him. <laughs> exactly. Huh? Until it was too you late. You think they would have caught that in the testing process? I think so. Uh huh. When he was trying, when he was doing his parallel parking at <laughs> ship school. <laughs> While many passengers had gone to bed by this time, some were on deck listening and dancing to music. Mm-hmm. They could only watch helplessly as the freighter rammed into the starboard side of the ship at a speed of about five knots. That's nine kilometers an hour. Okay. Not totally you know, fast, but you're talking about thousands of tons. I think, uh, you know, the screeching of, uh, of rending metal yeah. doesn't yeah. sound like music to me, but... You know, I mean, different cultures, right? You know, right, different... Right. Uh, Could sample it and make something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Industrial music yeah. of ships crashing into one each other. Nice. I like it. The Admiral Nakamov continued forward with the freighter's bow in its side, ripping a 900-square-foot uh, hole in the oh. hull between the engine and boiler rooms. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's probably a bad, particularly bad place to hit. 900 square feet, that's like 30 by 30. Mm-hmm. That's 84 pretty big. square meters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Admiral Nakamov immediately took on a list on her starboard side, and her lights went out upon impact. Mm-hmm. So now it's dark. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Listing instead of lilting. Maybe you're thinking of listing. Yeah. After a few seconds, the emergency diesel generator powered on, but the lights went out again two minutes later, plunging the sinking ship into darkness. People below decks found themselves lost in the dark and rapidly sloping hallways. Ooh, that sucks. That? So you're in bed. Yep. All the lights go out. There's a giant crash. Yeah. And then everything starts tipping. Yeah. And then and you remember you're on a boat. You're like, wait, oh, <laughs> this is not what should be happening at this stage of the game. There was no time to launch the lifeboats. So, but I'm supposed to re- harken back to no panicking. Yes. Was also whatever. Things, don't panic. Don't panic. So what do you do under the circumstance? Hundreds of people dived into the oily water, clinging to life jackets, barrels, and pieces of debris. Mm-hmm. The Admiral Nakamov sank in only seven minutes. Oh, so much for your 30 minutes to get above uh, water. Rescue ships began arriving just 10 minutes after the ship went down. The Pyotr Vasev was not badly damaged and assisted in the rescue effort. I would hope so. Wouldn't that be kind of horrible if they're the ones who rammed you and then you go, help us. You're like, "Ah, we're going to wait for the Coast Guard. We're not qualified. We're not qualified Uh, to help you out. We are qualified to sink you. We are not qualified (laughs) to rescue you. 836 people were pulled from the water. Some people were so slick with fuel oil that they could not keep hold of the hands of their rescuers. Oh, God. Sailors had to jump into the water to save people. You know, but would that have a moisturizing effect? I mean, bet you after they get you cleaned up, you'd be like, oh, you'd be smooth like a baby's bottom, right? The Admiral Nakamov lacked proper ventilation, which was the reason all 90 windows in the cabins were open during the accident. Wow. Mm. Passengers and crew had little time to escape, and 423... Of the 1,234 people on board perished. Wow. Mm. Can you imagine, like, you finally, they get everybody on board, they've saved who they're going to save, and the guy who was on board who had been receiving the don't worry, we've got it message just storms up to the fucking cabin. <laughs> oh, and He's punches like, them in the balls. You said you had it. 
<clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, no, he comes forward and he goes, who was steering the ship? Yeah. Who, and everybody's like, everybody's looking at each other. Like, nah, blah, 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 I don't know. We don't have anybody steering the ship. Uh, it's a, uh, or they all point at each other simultaneously. Hey, that guy, that guy, that guy, yeah. that yeah. guy, that guy. Yeah, no, that would definitely, uh, I don't think any court would convict you for Rochambeauing every single crew member on that freighter. The event was not responded in the news for five days. The survivors were only allowed to send telegrams saying alive and well in Novorossiysk. Wow. Mm. All mention of the wreck was censored until the 5th of September when the newspaper Pravda published a grievance for the victims. Ah. Nothing bad ever happens in a communist country? Yeah. Not officially, comrade. Moving forward to 1994. Uh-huh. The Baltic Sea. Okay. This is the MS Estonia. The MS Estonia? Yep. Everybody on it had multiple sclerosis? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sure. They, you know what? Why not? People it's, with MS can have fun, too. It's that of the PMS Estonia. <laughs> I would not want to be on that boat. It's <laughs> built in 1980. Uh, it is a cruise ferry, which is a combo cruise ship slash vessel built for freight vehicle transport. Oh, okay. Because I thought cruise ferry were those dudes I see on Davy Street every once in a while. Right. I see what happened there. 28th of September, crossing the Baltic Sea en route from Estonia to Stockholm. She was carrying 989 people, 803 passengers, and 186 crew. Got it. The ship was fully loaded and was listing slightly to port because of poor cargo distribution. Hmm. Someone's not doing their job. Yeah, no kidding. Like, it's just take 100 pounds of that and put it on that side and 100 pounds of that and put it on that side. It's not that hard, is it? Ooh, maybe they're just like, they're not like those guys at the uh, at the carnival that guesses the weight correctly, right? Right. Maybe they just like look at it and go, that looks like it's about 50 pounds and it's like 500. But if you're listing yeah, the one looks- side, maybe take stuff off the side that's down more and put it on the other side until it evens out. Wait, reacting to things uh, that you observe and actually you know, correct a problem? Yeah. Joe. The weather- you don't even do that. I what? That's all I do. I don't. I don't proactively fix things. I wait until they're broken, and then I finally get okay, my ass in fair. gear. That's fair. That's fair. The weather was described as quote normally bad unquote. Normally bad. Yeah, which is so like a typical autumn storm in the okay. Baltic Sea. Okay. All right. So like it was, it was it, bad, but yeah, you know, well, the normal. Baltic is a stormy sea. Yeah. So it's. Normal. I mean, if I believe uh, Monopoly, Baltic Avenue is the property worth the least. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. With a wind of 15 to 20 meters per second, that's 29 to 39 knots. Okay. Or 34 to 45 miles per hour. Pretty that, good that's wind. A, that's pretty blustery. Force of 7 to 8 on the Beaufort scale. Okay. I don't know what the maximum is. I don't know, but there's a hound dog involved. Beaufort? Yeah. <laughs> there's a hound dog involved. Whether the guy owned a hound dog or he named it after his hound dog. Is that, are we looking at the Beaufort scale That's right the now? The Beaufort scale goes up to a 12, nice. which is hurricane force winds. Thank you. Okay. And a significant wave height of up to six meters or 20 feet. Hmm. That's pretty good height of a wave. Oh, I sure. I think it's yeah. Beaufort. 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 Uh, it was a fart off the bow, Captain. Uh-huh. The bow. Or maybe somebody has a uh, violin and they just make it sound like it's farting all the time. The first metallic bang was believed to be the sound of the visor's lower locking mechanism failing. Mm -hmm. And subsequent noises were the visor flapping against the hull as the other locks failed before tearing free and exposing the bow ramp. So uh, the visor... 
is basically the yeah, front well, part of the ship. And we'll put yeah. a picture of this up on Cosmos. But this is a ferry. So cars have driven onto it, vehicles and cargo and whatnot have driven onto it, and you load and unload via ramps that I would imagine are at the rear and the front of the boat. I would also imagine that to be true. And so this is saying that the front ramp, which should be up to keep water from going in, failed. No, it's not a ramp. Oh. Let's look at a picture of a visor on the internet. It's the front portion uh, of the bow. So it's a, it's not a door. It's the actual bow, like, lifts up and out of the way for it, things to get yeah, on Yeah, it on. is, like, literally a visor. Okay. All right. Got it. Well, then they picked a particularly appropriate word to describe it. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Yeah, Golf clap for that. The bow, visor, and ramp. There's your ramp. Well, because, yeah, you need a ramp to actually come out from inside for things to come on and off. Unless <laughs> you were driving the General Lee. Oh, yeah, you can just jump you it. You just yeah. jump it. The bow visor and ramp had been torn off at points that would not trigger an open or unlatched warning on the bridge, as is the case what? in normal operation or failure of the latches. But wouldn't, could you just like look out your window and see uh-huh. that the front of the uh-huh. boat uh-huh. is missing? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The bridge was also situated too far back on the ferry for the visor to be seen from there. Wow. What? Wow. Yeah. This is... This is bad engineering. The bow visor was underdesigned for the conditions Estonia was operating in. Uh-huh. The ferry was not uh, was the ferry was designed for coastal waters, not open regions like the Baltic Sea. Uh, you know okay. who these boat builders were? They were from Estonia. <laughs> because they're so high, man. Yeah, they were high when they built this boat. They quite rightly designed it for not open water. Uh-huh. And then these guys, the stone people went off and used it in open water. <laughs> yeah. Let's not blame the engineers here. Okay, true. They might not have gone above and beyond. Right. But they at least made it. All right. So the guys piloting the boat were from Estonia. Yeah. And the visor's overhang focused the impact on a small area. Okay. At about 1.15 a.m., the visor separated and the ship immediately took on a heavy starboard list. Aha. As water flooded into the vehicle deck. And the list consisted of number one, (laughs) taking on water. Number two, (laughs) sinking. Number three, not being able to see all this happening. That's quite the list. Estonia was turned to port and slowed before her four engines cut out completely. The turning maneuver intended to counteract the dangerous listing instead made it worse. Ah, I love doing things that you mean to have one effect and them having the exact opposite effect. Five minutes later, the alarm was sounded. Of course, most of the passengers were asleep at this time. Uh The vessel's rapid lean and the flooding prevented many people in the cabins from ascending to the boat deck. The ship turns on its side in uh, within a half hour. Oh, so this one actually you did have 30 minutes to get. If you to happen it. to, yeah. You had 30 minutes in your groggy, you know, yeah. heavy listing hallway. You have 30 minutes to swim up to the, <laughs> to, to, to the boat deck. I can hold my breath that long. Yeah. A mayday was communicated by the ship's crew at 122, but did not follow international formats and cause confusion. Okay, so so in international format, you're supposed to go, oh, maybe they, they, they morse-coded OSO. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably that's what exactly what happened. happened. And they were like, I thought they were having an emergency, but that's OSO. Hey, ignore it. Oh, yeah. OSO means, you know, rock on. Due to a loss of power, the ship's position could not be immediately communicated to rescuers. Okay. All right. So they said, hey, we're sinking. Help us. They're like, where are you? Uh, I don't know. Computer's, Somewhere. Computer's not working. Yeah. I've got some survivor tales. Okay. 
Wait, the survivors had tails? I thought they had MS. <laughs> they had both. Oh, wow. Everybody was climbing on top of everyone else to get up as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Human centipede yep. style. Or, human, or ladder? Human, human army ant human. style. Yeah, uh, that's the go. one. Yeah. The sounds of people screaming, falling objects, and breaking glass was terrible. These are all quotes. Uh-huh. Uh, the, sh- uh, the ship was listed. I like how this person put breaking glass and screaming people on par with one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, and this falling person objects. really likes their stemware. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing that you would hear breaking glass, and then you would hear screaming, and your brain would go, oh, that is not good. Okay. They put it in the other order, though. The ship was listing so much that the railing touched the water. At what point does listing become perpendicular? Like, maybe we mm. should create a new word for when the, the uh, it lists that much and just call it- It's just a, on its side. Listendicular. Listendicular. Mm-hmm. That is so convenient. Yeah, totally. I was still in the main staircase with some other crew members where we tried to help as much as we could. Suddenly, a Coke machine fell from the upper case and into the stairs below oh. and fell onto some people. Oh. It crushed a young girl. Ah. Uh. Oh. Coke machines are heavy. They yeah. are. Uh-huh. Everyone knows that. Yes. Yeah. In fact, it is the standard of measurement <laughs> in oh. many countries. Really? Oh, I would say this way. Half for, the for, Coke machines. You know what? For crush Maybe three weight. quarters of a Coke machine. I bet you the, those Coke machines were the reason that they had such an um, imbalance in yeah. the thing. It was like no. they put all the Coke machines on one side. Well, the thing is <laughs> they put Coke, everybody on, knows Coke that, on one side, the, Pepsi on the other, and it, only people drank the Coke. And so the right. Pepsi, Pepsi side listening to the Pepsi heavy. side. Oh, Captain, we're listening to Pepsi side. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not the port new. and starboard. Yeah. It's Pepsi and Coke. Oh, man. I bet you Pepsi and Coke would love this idea. How many lives is this war between the soda manufacturers <laughs> going to cost us? By the way, Joe, I think everyone would have been drinking the Pepsi because it's fast and superior to Coca-Cola. Oh, take that. That doesn't even... Uh, there's no rebuttal needed for that. <laughs> the lights flickered and went out, and the only light left was the emergency lights. We smashed a window with an axe and climbed out, helping three or four others with us. We were now standing on top of the vessel that is on its side. Right. We huh. could look into the windows of the cabins. Fortunately, there was no light, so we couldn't see the people inside. <laughs> yeah. Duh. This Dying. losing lights thing seems to be a serious problem for people finding their way to safety. It's almost like being in a pitch black space that's slowly filling with water or quickly filling with water, as the case may be, makes it difficult to find your way to freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hear the hulls of ships are not easy to like claw your way out with your fingernails. (laughs) A little hard to dig through Pyrex glass. They should start making ships out of paper so people could get out of them easier. There you go. Mm -hmm. Or crackers. Yep. This is the perfect solution. Crackers. Eat your way out. Candy glass. There you go. Candy glass. Uh, during the disaster, some dudes were robbing others of jewelry. Oh. What? Oh, my God. These are the worst people ever. Yeah. Life jacket lockers had been painted over. What? Like, so they didn't look like life jacket lockers or painted shut as in you couldn't get them open? Painted shut as if as in you couldn't get them open. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. This is almost as bad as our cruise ships episode where they made those life jackets out of lead. Yeah. Some people grabbed life jackets off of other people. <laughs> Because human beings. Yeah. Yeah, because human beings. About 650 people were inside the ship when it sank. Up to 310 passengers reached the outer decks and 160 climbed into the life rafts or lifeboats. By the time the rescue helicopters arrived, around a third of the people who escaped from the Estonia had died of hypothermia. Yeah, happens quickly as we saw. Well, you're in the Baltic Sea too, right? Yeah, Less than half of those who had managed to leave the ship were eventually rescued. Another survivor, quote, when the helicopter arrived at our 
raft. They had a news crew on board, and they started filming us before they even tried to rescue us. <laughs> this resulted in another passenger that, when he entered the cal- helicopter, punched the cameraman in the face. <laughs> I'm going to say good. Justifiably so. Yeah. So, the death toll from that is 852. Wow. And the time from the accident to sinking was 30 minutes. Well, there's that 30-minute time frame. The water was uh, 10 Celsius, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That is cold. That's pretty effing cold for That water. is cold. 93 bodies were recovered within 33 days of the accident. Victim number 94 was found 18 months later. All right. Yeah. Davy Jones's locker, which was painted shut, evidently. 1822, South China Sea. Oh. The Tech Sing. Which uh, means true star. Chinese sailing vessel ran aground on a reef on the way to Indonesia. Okay. The ship was bringing a haul of porcelain to the then Dutch colony, but also held a crew of 200 and around 1,600 Chinese immigrants bound for the islands. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Thailand is supposed to be quite beautiful. After a month of sailing, the Texting's captain decided to attempt a shortcut <laughs> through the Gaspar Strait. Uh, or to the bottom of the sea? Is that... Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Ran aground on that reef. Yeah. The There's ship- probably a reason it wasn't part of the general shipping route. Just, just take a shortcut. Trust yeah. me. Trust me. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. The ship sank in about 100 feet of water. You know what he needed? He did one of those like fish finder sonar things that like tells you, you know. You know if he had one of those. In 1822. Yeah, 1822. Yeah. Life was cheap in China back in the time. You throw just a guy overboard throw on a guy rope. overboard and just have him go bing, bing, bing. <laughs> Like from his mouth? Yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. The ship sank in about 100 feet of water. Only 208 people survived until another ship happened by and rescued them the next Wait, day. So were there 1,200? 1,800 people on board total. 1,800 people? So 1,600 people was the 1,600 immigrants, Whoa. 200 crew, 208 survived. I'll bet you 200 of those 208 were crew. <laughs> yeah. And eight of them were the immigrants. Uh, maybe. Yeesh. Yeesh. All stuck below boards. That is definitely one of those captains should have gone down with his ship moments. Well, we don't have the data. Maybe he did, but I doubt it. He's usually standing kind of right near the top on the bridge or whatever, right? That's not where I would be if I was a captain. Oh, yeah? Where Where, would you be? Where would you be? Uh, In port. (laughs) (laughs) I think we figured out why this isn't a career for you, Torn. 2002, Senegal. Oh, okay. The MV Lejula. My geography's terrible. Let me look up where Senegal is. Senegal? Oh, it's It's on the west coast of Africa. Uh, Okay, yep. Mm -hmm. This is a Senegalese government-owned ferry. Okay, so kind of like our own BC ferries here in Vancouver. Capsized off the coast of the Gambia. Okay. On September 26, 2002. The ferry was reportedly loaded to overcapacity. Or overloaded, I guess, would be a right. shorter way of yeah. saying mm-hmm. that. So when it ran into a storm, it quickly capsized within five minutes of hitting rough weather. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. F- capsized like it, within five minutes? And it didn't even hit anything. Like, it just, rough weather, Whoa. tipped over. Holy cow. On September 26, 2002, at about 1 p.m., Lajula set sail from southern Senegal to Dakar. Although the ship was designed to carry a maximum of 580 passengers and crew, an estimated 1,000. Oh, 800 Whoa. and fi- fi- 63 Three times. The exact number of all passengers remains unknown. Some Senegalese-based organizations put the number at over 2,000. But there were 1,034 travelers with tickets. Wow, a paper trail of your fuck-up. 
Yeah. The rest of the passengers were either not required to hold tickets, children aged less than five, for uh, example. Oh, nice. So just pack it full of, uh, you know, school-aged children or under-school-aged children. Or had been permitted to travel for free, as often happened. Yeah. Yeah. Ten hours into the voyage, at around 11 p.m., the ship sailed into a storm off the coast of Gambia. The ferry quickly capsized, throwing passengers and cargo into the sea. While many of the ship's passengers may have been killed during or immediately following the capsizing, a large number probably survived only to drown whilst awaiting rescue. Government rescue teams did not arrive at the scene until the morning following the accident. It was local fishermen in small boats who started the first efforts to pull survivors out of the water. They were able to rescue a few people but also recovered several bodies that were floating around Lajula. At 2 p.m. the following day, they rescued a 15-year-old boy who confirmed that there were still many people trapped alive inside the boat. There were reports of noises and screaming from within. Uh, so it's like completely capsized. Right. So it's, it's like the Poseidon it's, adventure. Yeah, it's like lying in the water upside down. Yeah. The Lajula remained capsized but afloat around, until around 3 p.m., at which point she finally slid beneath the water surface, taking with her those who were unable to get out of the ship. Of the estimated 2,000 passengers... Only around 64 survived, including only one woman. Whoa, 64 survivors. That's yep. insane. So well, I guess when you when you capsize in less than five minutes, yeah. that's what's going to happen. It's like, like you're, you're, it's tipping so fast yeah. that like you're, you're just probably, ass over tea kettle. Like you yeah. don't have a chance to You climb. probably have a concussion yeah, the, the, before you even know what's going on. Yeah, because the only thing that is... It, you, the only people who are going to survive that accident are the people who just happen to be in the most advantageous place when the thing capsizes. Yeah. yeah. That is, like, this is just total luck of the draw. This is why we, Caustic Soda, suggest that you never go inside a ship that you're on. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Always stay above Always decks. Always stay above oh, decks. Damn it. Okay. All right. Bring a blanket. I did see Captain Phillips. You keep <laughs> saying that. <laughs> I, I, did. I don't even know what that means. It means everything. It means anything <laughs> you wanted to mean. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you talking about somebody you used to date? He's trying to say he loves you. <laughs> no, oh. I'm just like you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I saw your Captain Phillips. <laughs> Phillips head screwdriver. The sinking of the ferry Lajula is thought to be the second worst non-military maritime disaster in number of lives cost after the MV Dona Paz or Dona Paz. This is a Philippine registered passenger ferry, the deadliest peacetime maritime disaster of the 20th century. Okay. On December 20th, 1987, five days before Christmas, mm -hmm. <laughs> at 6.30 a.m., the Doña Paz left from the eastern Philippines. According to the shipping lines, the ferry was able to carry 1,424 passengers. Okay. The official passenger manifest of the Doña Paz recorded 1,583 passengers. Okay, so slightly over capacity. And 58 crew members. Okay. Extra tickets were usually purchased illegally aboard the ship at a cheaper rate, and those passengers were not listed on the manifest. Mm -hmm. Holders of complimentary tickets and non-paying children below the age of four were likewise not listed on the manifest. Okay. In January 1999, so many years after the disaster, a presidential task force report estimated on the basis of court records and more than 4,100 settlement claims that there were 4,341 passengers. Oh, my God. So, okay, you're on a ferry that has a capacity for 1,400 people, right? Mm -hmm. And there are 4,000 people on it. Like, 
Again, There's three no times sitting room. Like, it's standing room only. It's going to yeah. be like one of these, uh, you know, trains that you see in India with, like, you know, right. the entire top of it just, like, piled over with yeah. people. Like, y- you, probably, you probably have to, like, walk on people to get to another part of the ferry. Passengers were sleeping along corridors, on the boat decks, or on cots with three or four persons on them. The vessel was due in Manila at 4 a.m. the following day, and it was reported that it last made radio contact around 8 p.m., However, subsequent reports indicated that the Doña Paz had no radio. Oh, perfect. In 1987, with 4,000 people on board, they didn't have a radio. Mm, what? Standards mm, and practices. <laughs> Probably Together. a little less than exemplary. At around 11.30 p.m., the ferry was situated at Dumali Point along the Tablas Strait. The weather at sea that night was clear, but the sea was choppy. Okay. While most of the passengers slept, the Doña Paz collided with the oil tanker MT Vector. Oh. Boy. The Vector was carrying 8,800 U.S. barrels. That's 1 million liters, or over 200,000 gallons, of gasoline and other petroleum products. Okay. Oh, my God. It had been refined into gas. Yeah. It wasn't even just oil. oil. Upon collision... The Vector's fuel cargo ignited and caused a fire on the ship that spread onto the Doña Paz. Oh, snap. So this is like, you know, a rear-ending of Pinto, but on the ocean. with Filled with gas. Yeah. Yeah. The crash caused immediate panic on the Doña Paz. Wait, no but, surprises. But you said how to survive. You don't panic. Don't panic. Still, don't they, panic. They, they didn't survival. listen to this podcast. Remember, mm. this is the worst. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. The flames spread rapidly throughout the ship, and the sea all around the ship itself was on fire. Oh, now, the one positive about this is they do have plenty of water, and water helps put fires out. Well, yeah, so underneath the ocean, it wasn't on fire. Yeah. So you're completely safe if you were submerged. Well, no, this is, you know what? And not I breathing. Mean, this might have been one of those things that people might have been thankful for a good capsizing, right? Oh. Yeah, do like a little kayak roll with your cruise ship, right? Or your, right. your ocean liner. Just keep rolling. Just keep I'm on rolling. fire. I'm not on fire. I'm, I'm on, on fire. fire. Oh, I'm I've been fire. put out. Oh, I'm on fire again. Oh, I'm all right yeah. now. Yeah, just to keep spinning like a top until, uh, you Except, know. you know, there's no oxygen under the water, and there's probably not much oxygen on top because the fire's burning it all. Yeah, well, who needs oxygen? Humans. Oh, puny humans. The lights on board had gone out minutes after the collision. Oh, lights on board going out again. But, you know, they this should... is a nice big flame lighting up the <laughs> oh, night yes, sky. That's true. Hey, silver lining, Joe. Way I know. Go. There you go. Way to go. I can see all the burning bodies from the rest of the burning bodies. <laughs> yes, thanks to that precisely. light. Uh... Yeah, that burning body is casting a heck of a light. Crewmen were running around in panic with the other passengers, <laughs> and none of the crew gave any orders nor made any attempt to organize the passengers. See, this is what I was talking about. When you say somebody should do something about yes. this, it means <laughs> nobody. nobody. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Reportedly, the life jacket lockers had been locked. What? <laughs> Why would you? Oh, I guess, you know, when you have 4,000 passengers for a ship that's only supposed to carry 1,400, you know, you need to lock up the life jackets so people don't take them. And keep them out of the hands. Yeah, there's like four times the probability that your life jackets will be stolen when you have four times the capacity. Of- That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The survivors were forced to jump off the ship and swim among charred bodies in flaming waters around the ship. Nice job. Flaming waters. Oh, yeah, because gasoline floats. The Doña Paz sank within two hours of the collision while the Vector sank two hours later. Both ships sank in about 1,700 feet of shark-infested waters. <laughs> okay. It took eight. So it's not one of those situations where you can like stand on your tippy toes, like when you're at the you know not so shallow end of the pool. 
You can kind of keep your nose above water. It's not like that at all. No, no, it's not like that. Unless your legs are 1,700 feet long. <laughs> I have seen one dude <laughs> one who had, guy. Who had legs that were 1,700 feet long. Nice. It took eight hours before Philippine maritime authorities learned of the accident Ooh. and another eight hours to organize search and rescue operations. Oh, no. So oh, no. we how many people did we say were on this boat? Four thousand and something. Three hundred and forty one. Only twenty six survivors were retrieved from the water. Whoa. Two were crewmen from the Vector's thirteen man crew. Well, so their survival percentage was actually half decent. Two the, out of thirteen. The vector? Yeah. Well, two out of thirteen <laughs> yeah. was pretty good. Only five survivors were listed on the Doña Paz manifest, and over three hundred bodies were later recovered from the seas covered in shark bites. Ah, yeah. Oh man, the sharks must have been loving it. Well, shark bites like sharks would be like food, chump. Oh, because they don't like human, right? But they'd still not take even that cooked bite. human. Yeah, I was about to say human was cooked. You know, good times. It's been like uh, being Benny Hanna. Some of them like a medium. Some like a more medium rare. Right. So you you know you swim around the outside of the burning sea. So that was the largest and most fiery and most sharky. And most deathy of all of the maritime disasters. Civilian maritime disasters. Civilian maritime disasters. Here's what I want to know. If they didn't have uh, if they didn't have radios, how did the authorities even find out like eight hours later? Did somebody like kind of come into port and go, hey, we saw some flaming probably, going on out there? Probably. Somebody should probably go check that out. Or the, the maybe the owners of the oil tanker were like, uh, our oil tanker just reported they it's got like, hit and then we didn't hear from them anymore. Yeah, yeah, like the ocean be. is a big place. You think you could avoid hitting each other. I think mostly you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then in this, these few instances, you don't. You're just on your ship, your overcrowded ship, and you think everything's fine. You're going to wherever you're going, and all of a sudden, you're on fire in the water. Yeah. And you're dead. Somebody should have made a raft out of bodies.
it's the first ever Caustic Soda fundraiser. Caustic Soda has been provided free for four years and we wish to continue doing so. With this fundraising campaign, we hope to pay for web hosting, maintain and upgrade our recording and editing equipment, and produce promotional materials to help attract new high-caliber guests and hang on to our favorites from seasons past. We've always been a hobby podcast, a labor of love, but with a bit of extra scratch. We hope to provide our researchers, guestberts, and you, our listeners, with a few tokens of appreciation, such as a handcrafted caustic soda magnetic bottle cap, stickers, buttons, new season 5 t-shirt, knitted toques, personalized thank you messages placed in season 5 episodes, custom-made audio skits from the hosts, an opportunity to be a guest on an episode, and much more. Head over to Indiegogo.com and search for Caustic Soda or visit CausticSodaPodcast.com for details. And if you've already donated, thank you. In the news... August 2013, the Philippines. Rescuers responded when passenger ship MV St. Thomas Aquinas. The St. Thomas Aquinas. And cargo ship MV Sulpicio Express (laughs) 7. Okay. All right. Sulpicio. Sulpicio. Sounds like a pasta dish. Collided near the province of Cebu. Cebu. St. Thomas Aquinas sank along the lowest ledge after the impact of the collision caused a hole on the rear section of the starboard side of the vessel. While Where was their guy whose job it was to stick things in the in the ship hole? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. While the bow... They've, they've got a really hard time in the Philippines delegating, evidently. Yeah, I think so. While the bow of Sopichio Express was damaged, on board the passenger ship were 870 passengers and crew. Okay. Many passengers were asleep at the time or otherwise had trouble finding their way to the deck in the dark. You know what they need to do? They need to paint all the ocean liners, all the interior hallways or whatever, with that glow-in-the-dark paint, the radioactive stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then if this ever happens and the lights go out, then the whole thing just starts to glow, and then they don't have a problem with Actually, it. Actually, we've got some pretty great technology for power generation and light generation these days. Like even in the last 10 or 15 years, like LED lights being super efficient and stuff like that. So they yeah. could have emergency lighting all over the ship these days. Yeah. Get on it, Filipinos. There was a high probability that some passengers were in the area of impact and were trapped by the damage. Ah, glow-in-the-dark paint's not going to help you with that. For 39 days, Coast Guard personnel, Navy, technical divers, and recreational divers held a massive search and rescue operation to find as many survivors as they could. Did you just say 39 days? Yep. 39 days. Yeah. Good Lord. They found 116 cadavers Uh and 733 survivors. Oh, okay. Well, that's that means good. 253 were missing. Okay. All right. So, so missing, they just, uh, because they they felt like starting another life or something like that? That's right. This is my opportunity to get away from that nagging spouse of mine. <laughs> A cause for the accident has not yet been determined. And the so death. Holes and damage just appeared. Could be. Oh, no. A cause for the accident. Yeah. They know what happened. The two ships ran into each other. Yeah. Okay. But nobody knows why. You know, it, it's, it seems to, again, be another problem that's rearing its ugly head. You know, you've got two pilots kind of steering ships into each other when the sea is very large. <laughs> it's vast. Yeah. Oh, the vastness of the sea. In the pop culture. All right. Remember that time you said you weren't going to talk about the Titanic on the cruise ships episode? Yes. Well, it's an ocean liner, and we're going to talk about it right now. Nice. <laughs> so 1912, in the North Atlantic, mm-hmm. the RMS Titanic... 
A British passenger liner, the largest mm-hmm. ship afloat at the time it entered service, had an onboard gymnasium, mm-hmm. swimming pool, libraries, wow, high-class nice. restaurant. I love it. Although Sounds sh- like the kind of thing I'd like to be on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although the ship was not trying to set a speed record. Oh, you know what? They probably had too many Coke machines on one side of the ship, right? Yeah. There you yeah. go. A perennial myth. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was back when there was cocaine in Coca-Cola. Ah, so that's why they drank it all really fast and just started <laughs> listing. Timekeeping was a priority, and under prevailing maritime practices, ships were often operated at close to full speed. Mm. Right, because they, they got bonuses for getting there early or something. Right, with ice warnings serving a scene as advisories ah. and reliance placed upon lookouts and the watch on the bridge. Okay. Yeah. It was generally believed that ice posed little danger to large vessels. Close calls with ice were not uncommon. And even head-on collisions had not been disastrous. Oh. Oh, okay. So, uh, anecdotally, there hadn't been a lot of right. iceberg problems. In 1907, the SS Kronprinz Wilhelm, a German liner. <laughs> Crown Prince, Prince Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Yeah. Had rammed an iceberg, but still been able to complete her voyage. And the Titanic captain had declared in 1907 that he could not imagine any conditions which would cause a ship to founder. Ah, I see. Modern shipbuilding has gone beyond that, he said. <laughs> okay. Due to outdated maritime safety so regulations. He was looking for the iceberg that would sink a ship, and he found her. Yep. No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding. <laughs> Double ding. <laughs> Due to outdated maritime safety regulations, Titanic only carried enough lifeboats for just under 1,200 people, which is about half the number on board. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, this, this was the, uh, the disaster that actually changed the regulations with that, right? Right. At 11 p.m., it collided with an iceberg during her maiden voyage from mm-hmm. the U.K. to New York. Well, popped her cherry in a big way. The glancing collision caused Titanic's hull plates to buckle inwards along her starboard side and open five of her 16 watertight compartments to the sea. Passengers and crew were plunged in a water with a temperature of only 28 Fahrenheit. That's minus two Celsius. So below freezing. Yeah, well, you got icebergs. Yeah. Right? Life expectancy in such temperatures is often under 15 minutes, even for people who are young and fit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is not fun water to be in. And as we learned in Lost Sea, you'll hit that freezing water and your body will start to go. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. As you're underwater. Yeah. And that's bad. The victims would have died from bodily reactions to freezing water rather than hypothermia. Yeah. Right. Plunged in a freezing seas, around 20% of victims die within two minutes from cold shock. Yeah, there you go. Is that better or worse than an electrical shock? Little mini lesser of two evils. Cold shock is uncontrolled rapid breathing and gasping water. Inhalation. Yeah. And they also 20% of victims also died from massive increase in blood pressure and cardiac strain leading to cardiac arrest and panic. Got it. So a little mini, miniature two evil, lesser of two evils from our electrocution episode and our and now our shipwrecks episode. Which would you uh, rather die from? Electrical shock or cold shock? Yeah, if you're going to die from electrical shock or die from cold shock and water inhalation. Well, they're both within two minutes, but I think the electrical shock would be instantaneous, wouldn't it? I, it doesn't matter. I hate the cold. Yeah, <laughs> you'll even though the, like the burning skin. Zap me! I'll be warm. Yeah, <laughs> real warm. Real warm. Yeah. Yeah. Real smoking. Your hair burst into Look, flame. I will grasp whatever tiny niceness I will take. Warmth. Thank you. Yeah, I think I'd go with the cold. Okay, I think I'd go with the cold. Just for you know, because Hollywood has taught me anything. It's that you stand there twitching and screaming for like <laughs> you know until the hero can put you out of your misery. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you know the the cold shock. I was just like, 
I I'd Leonardo DiCaprio it and just slip off the the, uh, the desk in right, the seat. Right. Uh, it's very romantic. To the cold, very cold romantic. Sea. Another fifty percent die within fifteen to thirty minutes from cold incapacitation. The inability to use or control limbs and hands for swimming or gripping yep. as the body yeah. protectively shuts down peripheral muscles to protect its core. Yep. Got it. Got it. So you can't even swim yourself to safety and pull yourself up out of the water. Yeah. And exhaustion and unconsciousness cause drowning, claiming the rest within a similar time. So, but this didn't end up being a tragedy because the authorities were only were less than 50 minutes away for rescue efforts. Right? Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> They didn't roll. The Coast Guard didn't show up in helicopters and pull everybody out of there within fifteen to thirty minutes. Yeah, I don't think that is the case at all. This is not the way I remember my Titanic at all. Oh, uh, sink time was two and a half hours. Okay, death toll was between fourteen ninety and sixteen thirty five people. Okay, wow. one thousand six hundred thirty five. Got out of like twenty four hundred. Yeah, that sounds about right. So you've seen the you got we've all seen the James Cameron feature the film. The James Cameron feature film from 1997. Yes, yep. correct. And thoughts? Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that doesn't say much. I mean, yeah, it did well. I I saw it I saw it twice, you know. So, you know, I must have liked something about it. Right. I that I thought it would uh, you know, uh butter up the young lady that I went with the second time. Mm-hmm. Butter mm-hmm. her up. Yep, that's right. Even like, "Oh, hey, let's find a carriage. Let's find an old-timey car that we can get it on in." So you can like put your hand up against a steamy window. <laughs> Here's some IMDb trivia. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's hear it. In the movie, exactly 37 seconds passed between the lookout's warning and the actual collision with the iceberg. The same amount of time it took in real life. Oh, okay. Huh. Some verisimilitude there. Right. Yeah. Also, on the final night of shooting in Nova Scotia, one or more pranksters mixed the disassociative hallucinogen, PCP. <laughs> Angel dust. Into the clam chowder <laughs> served to the cast and crew. <laughs> Oh, wow. 80 people were taken ill and more than 50 were hospitalized with hallucinations. <laughs> the only thing worse than taking PCP is taking PCP and not knowing that you've taken it. Oh, man. Yeah. Because can you imagine that you just be flipping the fuck out and I, like not knowing what's happening to you? Like, I would not have su- uh, suffered because I do not eat clam chowder. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went. <laughs> when James Cameron realized what was happening, he forced himself to vomit before the drug took full effect. Hmm. Bill Paxton felt listless for two weeks after the incident. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, so he was leaning to one side? Yeah, he was. No, he was listless. listless. Oh, okay. Standing straight up. Ah, straight up. Perfectly straight. Uh-huh. Although PCP's primary effects only last a few hours, the drug itself can take eight or more days to completely metabolize out of the body. Oh. The culprits were never caught. Uh, if you're listening, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. If you enjoy PCP... Why would you, you, you would have to use a lot of it to like, you know, gas like 200 people. That's true. Right? So if you were an an appreciator of PCP, why would you waste that much PCP on a bunch of. Maybe you were on PCP at the time. And you thought it was a good (laughs) idea. (laughs) This clam chowder doesn't have the right spices. (laughs) There's not enough PCP in our food. Now, I also watched a couple other Titanic films. Okay. Okay. That being the 1953 Titanic, uh, which was the American film. Okay. And the 1958 British drama, A Night to Remember. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has either of you seen either of those movies? No. They're both good, okay. okay, but for different reasons. Oh, all right. How so? Now, in the 1953 Titanic uh, American film, the plot centers on an estranged couple sailing on the maiden voyage of the Titanic. Uh-huh. It has a large list of inaccuracies. A, a strange couple in that they looked weird? Estrange. Uh-huh. L'estrange. Yeah. It has a large list of inaccuracies on Wikipedia. Shocking. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including 1950s hairstyles instead of 1912 hairstyles. Got yeah, it. okay. Also, a general alarm consisting of a siren and a public address system is portrayed as informing the passengers about the collision. No such system existed on the Titanic. Passengers in all three classes were informed about the sinking through stewards knocking on their cabin doors. Ah, which might have been less than effective in spreading the word rapidly. Right. So the thing about this film that I liked is that there was a lot of character development. Okay. That was quite interesting. Okay. All fictional? I'm not sure. Okay. I presume so, yes. Yeah. The deficit being that when once the sh- accident happened, there wasn't that much about that part of about, the story. About the accident? Yeah. I mean, there was some stuff there. So, But they kind of glossed over the accident part? They didn't. I wouldn't say they glossed over it, but I expected a lot more. Like, so, it, it, you know, you had like an hour and 20 minutes of all this character development. All of a sudden, he goes, hey, we had an iceberg. And they just flashed them in the lifeboat. Well, yeah. a bunch of us died. And that was the end of the movie. Is that how it played out? Well, not exactly, but compare, but kind of. But compare that to um, the British to version, A Night to Remember. I see. I wouldn't have called it that. I would have called that movie A Night to Forget. Well, it's based on right? Walter yeah. Lord's book. Oh. Called A Night to Remember. Okay. Recounting the final night of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Among the many films about the Titanic, A Night to Remember has long been regarded as the high point by Titanic historians and survivors alike for its accuracy. Well, it's based oh. on a book by a guy who was on the ship? He interviewed many of the survivors of the disaster. So he wasn't on the ship. Itself. He wasn't on the ship. Okay. Whereas this one did not have nearly as much character development. Okay. There was like one guy on the ship who you kind of sort of got to know through a so, bit of his family before he left. For He was the second in command, I think. So what, what is then the movie about? It's just like sort of showing things that happen? Yes. It is, it is mostly the disaster. It's a play-by-play. And it also focuses a lot on the other ships around. Oh, okay. Like oh. they were signaling to some ship, but they right. they what? just didn't believe that anything bad could be happening to the Titanic, so they just never went. Yeah. And stuff like that, and people were sleeping and didn't want to wake up as captain and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I would say it was the more better film. More better? Yep. Okay. All but right. um, And it certainly had a lot more about the disaster and how it all went down and all the different- So then- The, the structure within the ships and the different classes and everything that it was a lot more interesting that way. So then is the James Cameron film the like perfect balance between character and disaster? Well, you tell me, because I haven't seen it for a long time. <laughs> Uh, I quite it, like it. It has the one. It has the. It's the only version where it shows the ship go up on its side and you see everyone falling down. Oh yeah, th- that was when I saw that like the straight first time. Down. Yeah, when yeah. you see that guy like fall and then hit the railing like two or three times and spin, and you're like, it's uh, it was cringeworthy. Like it was so you know. often Hollywood gives you those sanitary deaths, and yeah. that one was even even though it wasn't as horrible as it probably could have been. Yeah, you know, it was I mean, just you felt worse. it. You felt yeah. the impact, and they, I think they really juiced it with the sound and stuff like that. I mean, you yeah. were it's such a small tiny part of such a huge movie, yet we all remember it exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it makes an impact, right? Literally. I had impacted bowels at the time. <laughs> okay. I quite like the um, uh, the James Cameron Titanic in spite of, you know, the saccharine, sweet kind of formulaic sort of playing out. I mean, Kate Winslet's boobs, that's not going <laughs> to hurt you. <laughs> that's... I'll just watch porn if that's what I got to watch. That's that's, uh, just, that's not going to hurt. I'm just saying it doesn't hurt. I, I, uh, I've never rewatched Titanic, but I'm glad I watched it the first time. I thought it was I thought it was good, but it was just so long. I can't really imagine myself wanting to sit down and watch it again. I saw it twice in the theater. Wow! And I've probably watched it two more times since, once or twice on TV. Mm. 
Why would you? Okay, so you're sitting down and it's on TV and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, Titanic. And why would you decide to watch? Was it two and a half, three hours? Well, no. Okay, it, it typically the two times, and not typically, like the one or two times that I've seen it on TV since. Uh, I saw it like when as the disaster was starting to happen. Okay, and I went, oh, okay. that I get. Yeah, and then yes. so I watched. So you the, watched the second half of the movie, basically. But yeah, but the, I mean, the disaster is still like over an hour of screen time, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. you're like, it's practically like watching an actual a whole movie. That's right? true. And there, I watched. It. If the Weinstein's had been the producers, they would have done a Titanic part one and two, like Kill Bill, mm-hmm. and had the first part the character part, and the second part the disaster. Nobody would go see that first part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't think anybody would see that first part of The Hobbit either, and a bunch of people did. Now, I watched a YouTube video of a guy who compared a bunch of scenes between A Night to Remember and um, James Cameron's Titanic. Oh, really? And there's a lot of stuff that is basically recreated. Well, I mean, if if A Night to Remember is kind of seen by historians as the definitive, you know, historically accurate thing, well, then... That's probably it's better that it actually he took from that more heavily than indeed, any of the others. Indeed, but there, I mean, like the lions are almost exactly the same in some scenes. The and, lions, there's lions. Yeah, now? the lions that came out of the zoo that was on the Titanic. Right, right. Yeah, you remember that zoo, all the, the rhinos yeah. running around. The and, lion petting zoo. Yeah, the lions were the same. Uh, okay, all right, great. <laughs> it was a much different ending to the Lion King than I expected. <laughs> Yeah, a ship that like speed two and it like crashes. Scar into- is gone. Let's celebrate with a cruise. <laughs> glub glub. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, "I hope I don't go crazy today." It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling. A feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new and we'll have more gross facts for you and you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being mauled in the face by kittens with their tiny little kitten claws. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm a fan too. Thanks for listening. Come on, ring that bell. Gong. Oh, that was the gong. I'm sorry. I'll ring the bell. Ding. There's the bell. We're recording right now. Ding. This is true of all captains, including Captain Tennille. Yes, absolutely. How dated was that fucking reference? I apologize. (laughs) It's all right. You know, timely.